The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. When the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. When the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Devotions to Mary. I think everybody is familiar with devotions to Mary. The rosary takes you through the mysteries of Christ's life, but it's a Marian devotion. Why? Well, because we have this understanding that Mary is, among other things, an exemplar of the disciple. Remember when Jesus is crucified, he turns to the man standing there, probably John the Apostle, and says, Son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. That's the root of Mary in devotion. John doesn't have giveaway lines because human beings learn by who their teacher is. I'm guessing that people who are parents here who said, I will never do what my parents do have at some point found in raising their own children that they are channeling their mother's voice. It's because we learn through other people. We think we're these completely rational, self-created human beings, and that simply isn't true. For better or for worse, so much of our basic default understanding of life comes to us the examples of our life. It's why parents sometimes blame themselves, right, when their children make bad decisions. And my favorite thing to say, because it points out what the truth is, and so when your child wins the Nobel Peace Prize, are you going to take credit for that also? Because you're in for a nickel, you're in for a dime, right? But in the end of the day, we learn to make our own decisions. We know for a fact, just by our own experience, that sometimes we operate on autopilot. You come out and you put something away and you're trying to remember why, one, you put it away and second, where you put it. Okay, that could be a problem with being 66 years old, but you're all heading there or long past it. There's so much of what we do that isn't actually conscious. We can react in an argument. We laugh without thinking about it, right? But that the key of the spiritual life 
is we start taking control over who we are by learning how to control our minds and our actions. So we begin to make rational choices. Why do we have devotions to Mary? Because a devotion is a way of entering into a loving discipleship with Christ through his mother. You pay attention to what she does. And so in the rosary, for instance, occasionally as you're buzzing off the prayers and you're kind of just hopefully calmed down, calmed down enough to remember the example that she gives you of what Christian life is. And that you learn to have an actual affection for this woman that lived 2,000 years ago. Because human beings are really driven by their affections and repelled by their hates. Learn to love what and who God loves. Learn to hold in contempt what God holds in contempt. This is discipleship. And so why a devotional life is important? Because it transforms our hearts. Slowly, but over time, it changes who we are. But there is a difference, isn't there, though, a relationship between devotion and dogma. Dogma's gotten a bad name because we live in a time where the only dogmas are the ones that our culture shoved down our throats. But the dogmas of Christianity in regard to Mary are she's conceived without sin. In baptism, you were remade without sin. She's assumed into heaven, body and soul. This also awaits us. A virgin birth. Human beings and self-help doesn't work. We need help. We're broken, and we're like broken toasters. We can't fix ourselves. And so, bubbling somehow up through the depths of nature is God's grace. And that if he can have himself, his son, conceived in the womb of Blessed Mary, why can't Christ be conceived in you? Why can't you be an altar Christus, another Christ? Because that's what you're made for. You know, psychology has given us this model that says, if you just think hard enough, you'll drill down to what the problem is. Solve the problem, or as one elderly nun in the seminary said, name it, claim it, and tame it. No. That's a helpful thing, gives us an exercise in humility. It really doesn't fix what the problem is. It's why you wake up at two o'clock in the morning, and I know I'm not alone, staring at the ceiling, your mind spinning around, trying to think it through. Reason can only take us so far. But Christianity has been kind of the victim of reason in the last couple hundred years. Things you've already heard. You know, if we could just get behind the church, that is, drive a wedge between Christ and his church, make the church something invisible up in heaven. If we get back to just the simple message of this simple man in a simpler time. Nonsense. 
He lived in an occupied country where people were being crucified. His mother was a nobody. His father died, we don't even know how. Not a simpler time. Not even a simple message. But people who talk about a simpler time, a simpler message, Jesus is one more great moral teacher. Ignore some important things. I will go through them once again if you've forgotten. The Immaculate Conception. The virginal birth. The Assumption of Mary. Those aren't simple truths. But they are a statement by the early church that takes us beyond where reason can go. Does it make a difference if you think that if you had just got the right advice, a good counselor, went to the right est retreat, which probably doesn't even exist anymore, maybe became a wicked witch, you could take control over your life and be the person you're supposed to be. So is that it? Really? Your whole goal in life is to be as good as you can possibly think? Why do you cheat yourself? You've been made in the image and likeness of God. And God has come to heal you. St. Irenaeus said in the second century, even if the crucifixion had never happened, Christ coming through the womb of the Virgin Mary was still part of God's intent from the beginning as to how he completes his creation by raising up all of creation, as St. Paul would say, but also working to make us his image and likeness in the world. Do you remember why we talk about the virgin birth, the immaculate conception, the assumption? Do you remember the first story about a human being and sin, Adam and Eve, all roads lead back to that story. When they sinned, what was their first reaction? They went and hid, right? Why? Because God was going to find them out. God was going to accuse them. God was going to punish them. Does this all sound like human beings? Have you ever experienced that? I think we all have. But let me ask you an important question. If you think of God as your accuser, he's going to set the charges, he makes the law, and he'll decide. What's the difference between him and Satan? You know the word satanus in scripture means the accuser? So is that what you have? A choice between accusers? God's my accuser, Satan's my accuser. Does that even make any sense? And if you present your Christian faith like that, what is there for anybody to believe or hope in? God is not your accuser. God is your healer. And when you look at the face of God in Mary's son, what does he do? He heals, he casts out demons, he confronts profound intellectual errors but never destroys the people because error has no right, but people sure do. God didn't strike down anybody for saying stupid things. Not yet. <laughs> but think about that challenge. Is God your healer or is God your accuser? Is he just Satan 
and in other guys. Because it's a lot about how you think about your devotional and your spiritual life. When you come to the sacrament of reconciliation, what are you looking for when you out yourself? Do you ever think of yourself as Adam and Eve coming out of the bushes and saying, okay, I need this. I've got to do this. I'll acknowledge before God the truth. And in acknowledging the truth about me, I will find my healing because he doesn't come to accuse. And so when we think of our blessed lady and why ideas about Jesus as just a great teacher or if we could just get behind to the simple message of Jesus, the Immaculate Conception, the virgin birth, the assumption, something very different about what reality is and what our lives are. Because those three mysteries are somehow the way in which we participate in the resurrection and the ascension. That human beings mirror what Christ came to do for us. And that's why it's the same movement but different language. Because God is capable of doing things we are incapable of, just on principle. God can remove sin from you. God can conceive himself in you. God can take you with him to heaven and change your lives completely. Nobody else can do that. You know, when we pray our devotions and we say, through Mary to Jesus, it's an idea of what we expect from the spiritual life. I mean, I don't know about what your progress has been, but I'm not expecting that perfection is going to come crashing down on me anytime soon. But I do understand that I'm a pilgrim. The life goes from there to there. And that the real change isn't my location in life. The real change is my relationship with God. When I learn to trust God, have faith in God, and see him as my healer. It's why we come to the sacraments. Why Mary said, another little thing, do you remember in the wedding at Cana? Do you remember Mary's advice to the, to the people who were just servants like us? Do what he tells you to do. Pretty simple, right? Very maternal. Because that's how we're loved. And so, when we start out every year celebrating the feast of Mary, Mother of God, and Mother of the Church, it's because we Catholics recognize there's no point in putting a wedge between God and His Church, between Jesus and who you and I experience as the baptized. It's the ordinary means of salvation for each of us. Could be that just learning to put up with your pastor and each other in the pews is the one act that really saves you. It's easy to love people in theory. It's the practice where we fall apart. And so do you remember how we pray? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. The words of Gabriel the angel from Luke. 
Blessed are you amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. The words of her cousin Elizabeth, again in Luke. We just quote scripture, so just don't think you can't quote scripture. You know, two of the most important phrases. And then a heartfelt prayer. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Do you know this? Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And please pray for Pope Benedict. Amen.